0: Well, hey guys, thank you so much for joining another episode of the Gregor's Ministries podcast. And we're so excited to have two very special guests. We have Brad Spangler joining us from Norway, and we have Timo Zalone joining us from Spain. And guys, it's, uh, it's an honor to have you be joining today.
1: It's good to be back.
2: Yeah, it's awesome to be back. And uh, Europe is winning this time, you know, two versus one. (laughs) So, uh, love it. (laughs) And you guys are definitely outnumbering
0: me. But man, you know, uh, Brad and Timo, we they were actually at Ram at the same time that I was there, and we had great times together. Um, We actually were all in prayer school at the same time, so we had a lot of similar experiences and had the opportunity to talk to one another and you know, I know their hearts and they're, they're great people. So just want to encourage you again. um, If you don't follow them on social media, please go do so. Um, Timo is Timo Anzalone on Facebook and Instagram. Brad is Brad Spangler. And he also has a Facebook page, Spangler Ministries. Um, So go follow them because uh, they're always posting great stuff. And uh, I just encourage you to do so. But You know, something that we wanted to kind of talk about with everyone today is spiritual hunger. And I think that it's an important topic because, uh, you know, a lot of people in the body of Christ look at specifically, guys, our generation. And uh, they'll, they'll think that maybe we're not hungry for God in the ways that prior generations were. But I want to be known and I know you guys want to be known as a generation that is hungry for God. And, uh, you know, seeking him and what he wants for our lives and his will and his purpose for us. And so, you know, Timo, I I know that you've got some things to say about it. But, you know, uh, I want to I want to be found as someone that is seeking him all the time. And as we seek him, he is willing and he is always wanting to give us, you know, his exact desire for us personally. And so, Timo. Just share with us a little bit about, you know, spiritual hunger in terms of like the scriptural perspective.
2: Yeah, I, I'd love to, to actually start with uh, one of the Psalms that has really impacted my life. I remember uh, having this real fascination with King David growing up as a teenager and, and just, you know, rereading his stories and his, the history of how God used King David and, and and just then going through the Psalms where you could see his prayer life and you could see his worship life. You could see really the, the desire of, of his heart. And, and, and one of the Psalms that really impacted me is Psalm 63, where, where David says, You God, my God, earnestly I seek you. I, I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and you know weary land, some translations say parched land, where there is no water. And 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 I I remember being struck by this one of the most powerful men in the story of God, you know, who had this earnest desire, this ardent desire. I I love how uh, A. W. Tozer calls the ones the, uh, you know the ones who are hungry for God. He calls them the company of burning hearts. You know, they've got this heart that keeps on burning and yearning for the living God. And, and, and David even says here, early will I seek you. You know, he speaks of a prioritizing of his whole schedule and life and orientation towards seeking God. And, um, and I love what, what he says in the following verse. He says, I've seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you huh. as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands.
1: Hmm.
2: This is, you know, the, the, like the, I can see this like the culmination of David's history with God. He says, I've seen you in the sanctuary. I've seen your power. I've seen your glory. Your love is better than life. It's better than anything I've experienced. Everything, you know, the power, the fame, the glory, the honor that you've given me, uh, you know, all the, the victory that you've given me. Your love is better than anything, anything like that. And then he, s- he still says, I'm going to keep on seeking you. Yeah. I'm still thirsting after you. You know, he, he was not content with with the level that he had already attained. So I really wanted to start with that and then just see where the Holy Spirit will lead us with that. I think this is something that is really strong upon my heart because I want to be like King David. Yeah. You know, I want to look back on my life and say, you know, in my 80s or, you know, in my 90s, I'm still seeking. I'm still thirsting after you, God. Mm.
0: And I even think too that um, it's important for us to have a desire not to just seek God whenever we're needing something from Him, uh, not just seeking Him during a specific season uh, in our lives, but you know maintaining a desire on it for Him on a daily basis. That man, there's so many things now that will try to pull our attention, will try to take our time, will try to take our awareness. Um, but it's important that we try. We always course correct. And there's no condemnation if you found yourself in a in a time where you're not seeking God, this is the perfect day to course correct and get right back on track. You don't have to live in the past, you don't have to live in any type of condemnation, but get right back on track and, and you know it can be and start just by saying, "God, I want you today. I mm-hmm. want to experience you today. I want to experience the reality of what you provided for through Christ Jesus, but you know, Brad, I feel like you've got something. And I uh, yeah. cut you off, but go ahead, brother.
1: No, I was going to say, I mean, if you, if you want to get spiritually hungry and stay spiritually hungry, listen to Timo. <laughs> and even you, Josh, because, I mean, I'm just getting fired up listening to you. Yeah. But, you know, thinking about the songs, uh, those give me such hope because you see David's heart and some, some of the poets, their hearts, um, they're pouring it out to God, but at, at the same time, there's, there's certain, um, Psalms you read and it's like, where are you God? Yeah. You know? So there's different ebbs and flows and seasons that they go through and they're just being real. It's a real relationship pouring out their heart before God. And like you were saying, Josh, there's times where we feel like we're on the mountaintop, like Moses receiving the 10 commandments. We were, are in the face of God. Um, Timo, I mentioned before we started that, that this past Monday we had a, a mutual friend uh, over for dinner, and we were, we were reminiscing, talking about different times when we were in Bible school. And we were just laughing and, and just enjoying those stories that we had with God. But I was reminded that it, it's so important that we don't live off yesterday's manna. Yeah. That just because you experience God one time that's not going to sustain you this this is a race that we're that we're running paul says i've i've ran my race i've finished my course and so we need to cultivate those uh spiritual disciplines in our life to make sure that we are continually seeking god and and growing in our relationship with him
2: yeah i i love what you're saying right there um when you were speaking about past experiences You know, I've always thought about it that sometimes we're really moved by nostalgia and saying, God, you've moved in my life at this time and look at how you, uh, you know, you reveal yourself at this time in my life. And and really, our memories of the presence of God become stronger than our experience, the present experience or the future experience of, of the presence of God. And so we, we live in memories, we live in remembrance, and there's power in remembering. And it's, and, and you know, the, the Old Testament has this uh, continual command of remembering where God has brought you from and remembering what God has done for us. But He's also calling us into new seasons and He's calling us into uh, greater glory. And, and, and our life is supposed to be a life of continual seeking after and finding the presence of God. I, I don't want to just be a seeker. I want to be a finder. You know, I want to be known as somebody who has sought and found somebody who has asked and has been given to them, somebody who has knocked and the door was opened. Yeah. And, and, and so it, it becomes crucial that we don't just remember the times where God has visited us or we've experienced the manifest presence of God in such a strong and tangible way that we were marked, you know, that we were marked 10 years ago, we were marked 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, but that we go back to what we were doing at the time when we were marked. You know, Some of us will look back and say, okay, what was I doing during that season? And I know that God is sovereign and there's graces and seasons. I absolutely believe in that. Yet there is also the principle of hungering, blessed are those who hunger, blessed are those who thirst, you know, early will I seek you Jesus waking up early, going to a solitary place to a, you know, deserted places to be alone with the father. And there's something about, you know, taking a hold of that and making that daily making that your routine making that your lifestyle and not, you know, just living back off nostalgia.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just, just speaking about the, 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 daily practices, I think that's so important and I use the word spiritual discipline and discipline's not a word that uh, is received very well sometimes, but that's kind of the way my, my mind works, you know, even just starting my day off. Like one of the first things I do is I'm getting ready for work. I just go into a little bit of meditation on the word thanking God uh, for the small things, thanking God that that uh, I have food to bring to work, thank thanking Him for for the fact that I'm in Christ, that He's made me a new creation. Just anything that comes to my mind, and that little subtle awareness to start my day, it's it's massive for me. It just puts me in the right uh, state of mind to know that hey, God is with me. You know that I'm that I'm not on, on my own, and I'm not limited to to the past. Experiences, but God has a future. There's more stories that we need to write. Um, And that's so important. And I I remember when I was a a new Christian, I had kind of like a a spiritual mom, a mentor. And she uh, encouraged me to just start praying. uh, I think it was 30 minutes a day. Now, at that time, 30 minutes (laughs) was just so long such a long time. Um, cause again, I'm, I'm a spiritual, uh, baby at this point. And, I, you know, but I, I wanted to do what, what she said. I knew that she had something I wanted. She had a relationship with God, a deep relationship with God. I desired that. And so I remember going, uh, I, at the time I worked close enough to home. So I, on my lunch break, I'd go home and pray. And I remember praying for, it'd be maybe four or five minutes and I'd look up at the clock and just think, oh my gosh, I have 25 minutes still. And I'd pray some more and, uh, you know, look up, it's 15 minutes gone by. And that happened for about a month or two. But I was disciplining myself to just create that experience every day in the middle of the day on lunch. But after a couple months, something started to happen. God would would meet me in that prayer time. And I remember... At one point, just laying down on my floor, just prostrate on my floor, uh, laid out under the power of God, weeping, just weeping, knowing that God was in my room. And from that experience, God began to manifest Himself in my life in a way that I needed because I was coming out of, of a very ungodly lifestyle, and He was He was enabling me to stay on the right path and get to know Him, but. You know, just the fact that I started on a daily basis to discipline myself to, to pray 30 minutes a day, um, that ended up, you know, blessing me so much. And I still remember those times. You know, it made me so much more hungry to know that there's, there's more of God to experience. And now, where I'm at in life right now, I don't have sometimes 30 minutes with two kids, you know, under the age of five, being bivocational, but I have time. I, I do have the time, so I think I think just making that intentional decision that hey, I'm going to set aside five minutes, ten minutes every day, whatever whatever you can do, God's going to meet you there. Yeah,
0: and you know I think even uh, sometimes people, you know, we were talking about Brad. You mentioned like yesterday's manna, and so uh, I think people have the tendency, myself included, where you look back and you're like, God, I was, I felt like I was so close to you. A couple of years ago, but if you if you're feeling like that, the way you can start today is what Brad was mentioning was just start off by being thankful. You know, one way that I've always cultivated my relationship with God is just in thanksgiving. God, I thank you that you're here with me right now. I thank you that you choose to be here. I don't have to beg you to spend time with me, but you choose to be here right now in this moment. And Brad, I'm sure you remember when we were in missions class um, every day. Brother Joe Dunnick would come in and he would say, how many of you are thankful? And he'd expect all of us in the class to raise our hands and to have something that we were thankful for. And, you know, at the beginning, it was, you know, God, I, I was just so thankful God paid off my tuition or God paid off, you know, my car payment. And he would say, you know, guys, that's all great. But what happens if one time your car payment is not paid? What happens if your tuition had not been paid? Is God still good? Is he still real in your life? And so you've got to find reasons to be thankful for eternal things. And so I remember one time he called on me and I was just, I I answered, I said, God, you know, I said, I'm just thankful that I'm accepted. And, you know, it was almost like people were laughing, but at the time it was like, man, I'm just thankful that when I woke up this morning, I am accepted by God. I didn't have to prove myself to him. I didn't have to do anything to show that I'm acceptable. He calls me accepted in the beloved. And so this morning, I am thankful that I am accepted by God. And as I'm thankful for that, as I say, God, I thank you that you've accepted me. I thank you that I'm accepted in the beloved. I thank you that you call me holy. You call me righteous. You called me healed, delivered. You call me complete. And so today I'm going to live the way you call me. Mm -hmm. So that thankfulness will actually produce a hunger for you to actually start experiencing those things that he's called you to be in your everyday life.
2: Yeah. 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 It's very good. Kind of like feeding off of what Brad, you were saying about thankfulness and and Joshua about, you know, realizing what has already been given to us. Um, I, I just, I believe that hunger is, is really connected to that awareness of the riches and all the glory that is in Christ, but then wanting to live it out. Yeah. Um, Where the, the measure <laughs> is not what you've experienced in the past. Yeah. It's not what your neighbor has experienced. It's not even what great women and men of God have experienced. It's the fullness of Christ. Mm-hmm. It's the fullness of Christ. And, and that's what I'm after. And, and, and that's what I believe, uh, you know, building that life of discipline after God, you know, scheduling, orienting your priorities. I, I love what David says in Psalms 27, four, he says, one thing have I asked, and that's what I'm going to seek after. It says that I may live in the house of God and, and dwell in his presence and behold his beauty. Now, we know David was a, a very powerful, busy man. He's, he's you know, king. He's, uh, he's got a lot going on. And yet his one thing is the presence of God. His one thing is his relationship, his closeness to God. And so I, I believe that as you, you know, analyze what you're doing, Day to day, Mm -hmm. you start incorporating those disciplines whether it's thankfulness, whether it's meditating the word, whether it's you know taking some time and and fasting from social media, fasting from everything that can, uh, you know, make you complacent, right? Because if you're always feeding on, on other things you're, you're gonna, you're gonna lose your ache for the things of God and just try to satisfy those things with Netflix or, 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 or or other, you know, harmful or innocent, innocent things. Right. And I'm not talking about, you know, you know, living an, an ascetic life with no sort of entertainment or fun. I'm not talking about that, but there is something about prioritizing that hunger Mm -hmm. by disciplining your life, by scheduling your life, by, you know, buying that journal, expecting God to speak to you so that you can write down what he's saying, you know, by getting up a bit earlier, right before work and saying, okay, I'm going to read and I'm going to pray what I'm reading about. And I'm going to write down some names and I'm going to intercede for those people Mm -hmm. in those situations. Right. And, 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 and I say that when you do that, you're building this life of, discipline, hungering for God and God, it's like, you know, you're preparing the landing strip for the Holy ghost to, to land on your life. And, 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 <laughs> and, 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 those daily disciplines, yeah. right. Become a conduit for God's presence to come into your life. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I think, uh, you mentioned a word Timo talking about feeding. What are we feeding on? And the thought I had before we jumped on is what we feed on grows. So I think we've, we've all, well, I'll speak for myself. You know, it's easy to get sucked into a, a vortex of social media or Netflix or some of the things you just mentioned. And when we, let's say we watch a series on Netflix, we, we log off, we're getting ready to go to bed. We're still processing through, we're still thinking through our soul is still kind of almost craving um, that series or that thing we just watched. But the same is true with with the the scripture or maybe a sermon that we listen to. And so just prioritizing, like you said, okay, I'm going to listen to one sermon a day. Maybe I'll listen to it on my car ride to work and my car ride back instead of the radio um, maybe instead of watching TV before bed, I'll read my Bible for five minutes. I know I, for me, when I go to bed, if I pick up my Bible, I'm out within a page. I, <laughs> I can't even make it through a couple paragraphs. That's, that's just how it is. But you know, that's a good thing for me to put my mind on right before bed. So it's important that we, we do what we know, not what we feel, because yeah. if we go by, by the way we feel from day to day. You know, we're not going to honor those commitments to ourselves or to God, but when we do what we know is right, we're going to have, we're going to have that hunger just grow on the inside of us. So, yeah.
2: That's so good.
0: And I think that's even, you know, something that I really want to purpose that we're doing on this podcast is giving people practical steps on how to do it. And that's what you guys are really sharing is how to take a practical step into developing or sustaining this hunger for God. And that's really something I want us to to kind of hone in on for the next few minutes is how do I sustain a hunger for God? You know, it's easy to be hungry for God during a season or a time when I need something, but just in my everyday life, how do I just cultivate this, this hunger or this desire to not only experience him, but to know him more. And so Timo, I wanted to kind of give you the
2: opportunity to talk on that as well. Yeah. Uh, I guess on this point, actually, we've already touched a little bit on it, but uh, uh, what Brad talked about, you know, about not living off of yesterday's ma- manna is such an important thing to realize. And, and I believe that um, before I jump into the nitty gritty and practical, one thing that, that, that hunger, it really is, spiritual hunger really is, is the awareness of my need for God. <laughs> I need God. Yeah. David, you know, speaks of this thirst and desperation for God. Everything in me aches for God, right? Everything in me longs for God. And so once you identify that deep need and you're aware of that need for God, um, we have to live this out. We can't just be emotional about it. We can't be just be, you know, zealous for a season. Yeah. Um, you know, and we can not also be religious about it. You know, it's not about, you know, showing up and having the exterior form okay, but on the interior, we're not really seeking God. We're not really loving God. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so practically, for me, um, I, I have, you know, the lens of, of ministry, of course. I've, I've grown up in ministry. And what I've seen is that many people um, start attaining some measure of success, if we can say it like that, in ministry, and they forget to do the things that they did when nobody knew them when they just loved god and they were just you know going after it yeah. and so i think we all know what, the, what those things are but practically you know for me it means making the effort to schedule every morning before i do anything else get up i have my bible i have my coffee and I have some, you know, uh, I love to just put some background music. Uh, I'm very musical person. I love to sing. And so just, you know, something really simple, you know, nothing, you know, that is going to distract me. It's something to just be able to, to, you know, center myself on the presence of God. And it will mean, like Joshua said, it will mean a moment, a moment of gratitude. And then it'll become a moment of meditating on the word. Meditation on the word is simply, you know, reading scripture and then praying it back to him. You know, there's something so powerful about reading scripture and then praying it back to him saying, okay, God, oh, I do thirst after you. I do long for you. And, and, and then from there, you know, personally, um, you, don't, you don't have to do this, but, you know, always be led by the spirit, of course, for everything. Uh, but it means praying in tongues, for a certain amount of time. You know, if if you have maybe, you know, 30 minutes, maybe spend half of that time praying in tongues and then half of that time in the scripture. Um, If you have an hour, you know, you could divide it up into 20, 20, and 20. You know, 20 where you're just worshiping, thankful, praising, you're in receiving mode. You know, you receive God's love, you receive his mercy. Uh, You know, you wake up and you're grateful because his mercies are new every morning and then you start meditating on God's word praying it back to him yeah. and then from there start praying in tongues and the holy spirit will will just meet you there you know and 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 sometimes nothing spectacular is going to happen but again if you build that landing strip the holy spirit will take it from there and i and i believe that's what he's looking for he's looking for the people who will be faithful you know he's looking for the the annas in the temple right day and night praying and, and, and maybe we can't do that. Like they did, but in the, in what we have to be faithful and stewarded, God will meet us there. And that's what I'm looking for. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. That's so good. <laughs> that's so good. Um, you know, I, I, was just thinking about something Timo when you were sharing ministry, people doing forgetting, almost forgetting their first love. Uh, like Jesus said exactly. in revelation and I remember, I think it was maybe a year or two ago, and I was supposed to preach at church uh, that evening. And I remember being in the shower um, beforehand. It, that, that's like my prayer closet. That might be too much information, Josh. I'm sorry, but I, I
0: I'm the same. I'm the same man. So, <laughs> but uh,
1: I just remember talking to God like God. I I just feel like I have nothing to give the people. And what I had done was allow myself in that season to get so busy, um, doing ministry that I let my relationship with God go to the, go to the back burner. And so I want to encourage if you're in ministry, um, reading your Bible to prepare, to prepare a message is different than reading your Bible. Uh, like Timo said, praying the Psalms, um, You know, doing ministry, serving in the church is different than your actual personal relationship with God. So it's important that we do make the distinction between the two. Uh, But just in my own life, um, like I said earlier, you know, I have a morning routine that I do. I have to be at work at six in the morning, so I get up pretty early. I'm making uh, everything ready. I'm I'm going into an attitude of thankfulness. Uh, immediately, I go into like these different confessions uh, from the Word. Different these I am, you know, in Him uh, confessions, just reminding myself what God has done, what He continues to do, and what He wants to do in my life. So that's that's the very first thing I do. Um, I have the the opportunity to listen to the, the Bible uh, on on my app uh, at work. So I do that for the first hour before I listen to anything else. So I'm hearing the word, um, just allowing my soul to kind of uh, go through these different, different thoughts and kind of just, just, just hearing the word. We know that faith is is ignited by hearing the word of God. So um, it's interesting hearing, hearing about your morning Timo, because both of our morning routines are different, but there is an aspect of being intentional and still trying to you know put God our relationship with God first and and how we start our day and I think it's so important how how you start your day
2: yeah
0: yeah and Timo you know I I, we had talked previously but you know I wanted you to share a little bit you kind of had a a story about John G Lake and uh, I wanted you to kind of share a little bit about that if you if you have that prepared and ready
2: yeah for sure um john g lake is is just one of these these great men of god used by god in such a just awe-inspiring way i mean there's not many people like john g lake and yet what he honed on in 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 one of his sermons in 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 one of his you know collected sermons that you can find um is spiritual hunger you know he 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 said he you know he 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 mentions in, in in the opening paragraph that how he wished that that all believers would have such you know spiritual hunger such intense spiritual hunger because he knew how powerful it was and uh in in that sermon in that uh in those writings, he talks about the azusa Street revival, and he talks about the history of of William Seymour and charles parham and uh and and we know the azusa street revival um has impacted the world in such a way that the modern day Pentecostal movement comes and is you know traceable to that revival um, in Azusa Street in 1908, and it's also one of the largest, if not the largest, missional movement that has ever existed. Um, the Holy Spirit was poured out, uh, a baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. The, the gifts of the spirit, and then a mobilization of believers into the whole world for probably what is the greatest harvest the world has ever seen. And, and this move of God started with John G. Lake recalling this. He says, you know, he recalled that somebody told him about William Seymour having this season of intense hunger for God where he would pray fow- five hours a day and uh, he was so hungry to see God's power, to see God move through his life and to see God's glory just revealed through, through throughout his lifetime that he started praying for five hours a day. Now, he he then recalls that after five hours a day, the Holy Spirit would lead him to seven hours a day and then even more to nine hours and 10 hours a day. Just seeking God with such a desperation. And it was just you know, a few, you know, seasons after, not not long after that, that the Holy Spirit came upon this man and the rest is history in a sense. And so John G. Lake was just recalling that hunger precedes revival. Yeah. Hunger precedes glory. Hunger precedes the experience of God. And, and really, I, I want to just use that story to say that, that that it's kind of like a spiritual law in a sense that god will give to the hungry yeah you know god is never reluctant mm-hmm. he's never reluctant to give himself yeah. but god will give to the hungry and he's generous to the hungering soul
0: and that's something that you know we had heard before that you can have as much of god as you want Because God will give to the hungry. If you want to experience him more in your everyday life, he is more than willing to reveal himself to you in every way. And, you know, a lot of what we're talking about is awareness. And, you know, um, for instance, just for an example, if you have a lack of peace in your life, if you start meditating on the fact that Jesus is the Prince of Peace and he's dwelling on the inside of you, And you just start saying, God, I thank you that your peace is here with me right now. In this very moment, your peace is here. My body's at peace. My mind's at peace. There's no anxiety that can live in me. As you start doing that, you start making yourself aware of the peace that's already been provided for you. And you will start to experience that in your life. And You know, just a quick story. I remember one time I was in uh, like a worship session, and I know you guys have done this. You've experienced it when we're worshiping God, and we just experience this intense peace and his presence just upon us. And I remember asking, God, I said, God, why do I feel you right now when I'm worshiping you, but I don't feel like I feel you throughout my day? Or whenever I'm at my job or wherever I'm doing something else. And he said, the reason you feel me now is because you're thinking about me and you're aware of me. And so that presence and that peace that we experience in worship is actually available to us all the time. But the difference is, is our awareness. It's what we're focused on. So even when you're at your job, if your boss comes in and he tells you, gives you a task and you're not sure what to do, if you'll set your mind on an awareness, God, I thank you. You're here with me right now. I thank you that your wisdom is here with me right now. I thank you that I have your peace and I know what to do because you know what to do. And as we begin to do that, we'll start experiencing that peace. And then we'll find that we have answers that seem to come out of nowhere but we know it's coming from the Holy Spirit.
1: Yeah, so good. Um, I'm just, just, again, listening to both of you guys uh, talk about these things. I'm just, just reminded of um, how important it is as well that when we're talking about spiritually staying hungry for God, um, how important it is to surround yourself with hungry people. Because just hearing your stories and hearing like this discussion in general is increasing my desire to just, to just know God better. And Josh, I know last time we were on the the podcast together, uh, we, we talked about how some people don't have maybe a group of believers around them. But one thing you can do is what Timo was talking about. Read after some of these people who have met before you uh just the other week i read the re-read part of the book they told me their stories from the azusa street revival and this was was a book full of testimonies from at the time teenagers who god used to do miraculous uh things during that revival i mean they talked about how the the glory of god the, the shekinah glory was so thick in those meetings that the the little kids would play hide and seek in the Shekinah glory. There were manifestations of God where people would be walking down the street, not even in the building, but fall under the power of God. People would show up to these meetings drunk and walk out sober and having given their (laughs) life to Jesus. You can't help but, but get hungry for those type of things for those experiences in your life when you read about it you're associating yourself with those stories so it, this isn't something we have to do and even cultivate on our own we can we can inspire each other's faith by having conversations like this some of some of my most refreshing times is is having conversations like this with with friends like you guys or reading after some of the the spiritual giants who have went before us, it's all available. Yeah. So it's really important to to, to surround yourself with with other hungry people.
2: Yeah. So I love what, what Brad was saying. You know, one of the things that has helped me over the years is to always be surrounded by people who are seeking after God and that are really orienting their lives after that. You know, one thing is to talk about it. One thing is to actually do it. And, uh, and so to be around those people means that you learn from them. And uh, just to kind of keep going with something, you know, really practical about, you know, making space for hunger for God and developing that lifestyle of hunger for God um, is that we, we to, to become people of God's presence, to become people who seek God, who are hungry and, and thirsty for God, uh, we have to watch out for these two temptations that can that can come into our lives. And so the one is a temptation of complacency, to be content where you are, to become, you know, lackadaisical and apathetic uh, in your relationship with God. And I, I believe that this is, you know, such a temptation. People seek God for a season. They seek him when they need him. God meets them um, they acquire prosperity and success and they become complacent and they're satisfied with what they had. Um, and so instead of being like King David and saying, you know, I've seen your glory, I've seen your power. I've seen you, I've be, I've, be, I've you know, I've seen you in the sanctuary, but I'm still longing for you. They, they stay content and they plateau. And, um, and so there's this temptation of just, you know, okay, this is, this is all there is you know, or, or even being content, comparing yourself with other people. Right. You know, I've got, you know, more than that other person. And, but, you know, again, like the standard is not that other person. The standard is the fullness of God. You know, how great is it, you know, to get one point more and, you know, to have 10 points on this scale of hunger for God and or experience of God when, you know, the measure is a million. Yeah. You know, okay. if the measure is a million, then, then why be content, you know, with one or two points? And then the other temptation is the temptation to compromise is, the, is the temptation, you know, to not, you know, go with God a hundred percent, but to slowly, you know, not be that generation who seeks God and seeks his face and who's able to stand in the presence of God. As Psalm 24 says, you know, that the That the ones who ascend the mountain of the Lord, the ones who stand in the presence of the Lord, are the ones with clean hands and a pure heart. Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. They will know God experientially. And So there's this temptation to compromise uh, and to even devalue the presence of God, to treat it as something familiar, you know, to, to, to look at it and say, okay, well, this is, this is just common to me. This is just an experience. This is just the feeling. Without realizing that we're talking about the God of the universe, you know, holds a billion stars in, in his hands and, and to lose, you know, the fear of God, to lose the reverence for his presence. Yeah. And so that's the other temptation of compromising and so I believe that we've we've really have to cultivate that lifestyle of discipline, but then also watch out for these temptations.
0: Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there was a, you know, I believe there may be some people that are, are listening that are ministers and, you know, all of us in a sense, we are ministers of the gospel, but for those that, you know, maybe have an audience or, or are uh, ministering to other people on a, you know, weekly basis, just want to encourage you again, really what Brad was saying was, you know, make it a point to read your Bible for yourself. And what that means is just to have your relationship with God. Don't be reading your Bible just purely to get a message. And I think all of us at some point probably got or fell into that where we're reading. And as we're reading, we're thinking, man, that would make a great point or man, that would be a great message. But, you know, to really how can I take what I'm reading and apply it to my life and how can I make it a reality to me so that when I do minister these things, it is more real to the people that I'm ministering to. And, you know, I know you guys know as well as I do, when we speak from a place of revelation, when we know it for ourselves and we're experiencing it ourselves personally, it has a greater impact. It has a greater anointing on it. Um, So I just encourage all of you guys that are ministers, maybe at at your church or whatever outreach maybe you're doing, you know, read your Bible for yourself and really start to apply it in your life. And as you do, whenever you take those truths that you're learning for yourself and you give it to other people, it's going to have a greater impact. Um, But I know that there may be also some other people that feel like, you know, I I want this hunger from God, but I feel like I'm far away. Maybe at one point I felt like I was close to him and now I just feel like I'm distant. And, you know, I just want to encourage you guys in Psalms 139. If you have a chance, I encourage you to read, read Psalm 139 just all the way through. It's such an amazing uh, chapter. But in verse seven, it says, where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I go to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, you are with me. And so what that's saying is that no matter where you go, God is still present with you. And I love that point, And I don't want to emphasize it too much. But it says, if I make my bed in hell, you are still there. And what that means is that if you've made decisions in your life that have caused you to be in a place that you never thought you were going to be, maybe you're experiencing turmoil or hell on earth or some consequences in your life, God is still with you and you are not alone in this. And so no matter where you are at this time, God is with you and we just encourage you to start actively participating with him and start developing that spiritual hunger with him, and you know, there's no shortcut to it. You, there's just some practical things like we talked about that you've got to start doing. There's no shortcut, you've got to make a decision, like Brad was talking about with discipline. I'm gonna make time to spend uh, time in the Word of God, I'm gonna open my Bible, I'm gonna read the Word, and I'm gonna pray you know, and, and so I wanted to just kind of end with that, but guys, if you have uh, anything you'd like to add or anything like you'd like to share, I just want to open it up to you as well.
1: Yeah. I think just for me, as we wrap it up, Josh, I love what you said because it speaks to our relationship with God. And again, especially for ministers, it's easy to fall in the trap of what uh, we could call it a temptation to go with uh, what Timo was saying, the temptation of being transactional with God, but God is not a transactional God. I mean, could you imagine? Um, I mean, all of us are married, but if we treated our wives where, you know, um, our motive for going and being with them was to constantly get something from them.
0: Mm.
1: And they, and women, women are pretty, uh, discerning. They they know what's up, you know. You can't you can't fool uh, I can't fool my wife. She's like a detective. But God, God God's even more all-knowing. Yeah. Uh, right you know, so so again, it's not to shame anyone who has maybe fallen into that trap of of reading the Bible to get a message, but but really just know that God does love you that Jesus came to bring you into a living Relationship with God and Timo what you said the compromise of of just even becoming complacent and, and forgetting that this is truly the God of the universe Yeah, we don't want God to become just a, a common thing in our life there should be a reverence there should be um, an adorning uh, tor- towards God where we just know that hey he, he is with me he's for me and, um, that he just wants that, that relationship, you know, God's not hiding from anybody. And if you don't feel close to him right now, do what Joshua is saying. Just meditate on the scriptures about how God is in you. He's with you. Uh, first John four, four greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Find scriptures that talk about being one with Christ and just remind your soul that God is near and that he loves you and he's for you.
2: Amen. Oh, Amen. It's just great. Uh, one thing I wanted to add about ministry and intimacy with God and hungering for God is that uh, Mark chapter 3, verse 14, before when you were speaking, Brad, it just came to my mind. Uh, when Jesus appoints the 12, Mark will say that he appoints the 12 that they might be with him, with Jesus, and that he might send them forth to preach. And, and sometimes in ministry, we, we, we tend to go with the second part of this verse, preaching, demonstrating the works of God. But we forget the, the fact that he calls us first to be with him. Yeah. He calls us first to intimacy. He calls us first to knowing him. And and to just wrap it up, I, I just want to encourage you, uh, all of us who are listening to us, we only have this, limited time to give up our whole lives and our whole desires, give up our hearts, to give up our schedules, to give up our orientations, the way we think, and to really spend it on hungering and thirsting after God. And and I want to just finish with this question. You know, some of you, God has marked you 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. You've experienced God, in such a way, he's spoken to you about your destiny and your purpose. And I want to ask you today, if you're, if you're seeing it, if you're living it, and if you're walking in it, and, and maybe if you're walking into it, you know, to a certain degree, a certain measure, maybe you're not walking in it at all. And that's the moment where God is calling you back, you know, to himself. He's calling you back to intimacy. And he's calling you to hunger for those things. I don't want to, you know, be on you know my deathbed at the last you know breath that I'm taking and regretting not going after God with all of my heart. And so I just want to encourage you all, you know, be like Mary of Bethany, spending all that she had, a year's wage, to worship God. And wherever the gospel is now preached, she will be remembered for that act of worship and devotion to jesus
0: man that's so good and guys again we just want to thank you so much you know for those that are listening this may be something that you need to share with a friend you may need to go back and listen to it again because there were some inspired words from the holy spirit spoken by both of these guys and so we just want to encourage you you know share this with people but also go like um, their pages on social media Uh, Again, Timo Anzolone and then Brad Spangler and Spangler Ministries. But, guys, thank you again so much for joining us today. And we're excited to get you back on here soon.
1: It was my pleasure. Good conversation.
2: It was awesome. Thank you so much, Josh. Thank you, Brad.